United Way and the Ad Council. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome in to another edition of The Drive. Paul Swan, your host here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We got a fun show today. We get to talk a little bit about Marshall beating Presbyterian last night. Quarterfinal action of the CIT. It was fun to watch that game. You know, the crowd was pretty into it as well. I'll say this before we get into the game. The announced attendance, reported attendance, was 3,383. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. You'd like to have more, but that's not bad, especially few people maybe not available to come. You've got spring break. You've got people out of town, maybe have made plans before this tournament happened. I mean, there are lots of reasons why you didn't get maybe four or 5,000 fans. But I thought that was a good crowd, and they were loud. They were into it. I mean, really, it was a good atmosphere last night. And Marshall, I thought at times maybe didn't play up to their potential. Just a lapse here or there. But... I'm not going to really criticize him for that because I thought all around it was a good game. And then later in the game, Marshall just locked it down. About 13, 12 minutes to go. Things started really rolling for the Thundering Herd. And at times it felt like Presbyterian, you're kind of playing a team that was a little similar to Marshall. They like to put up the three. And I think Marshall made a point – they could just go out there and win the game and not have to necessarily hit the three. You like hitting the three. But Marshall didn't really need to go out there and do that. I mean, let's just talk about that for a second. First of all, John Elmore is Mr. Everything for Marshall. Johnny Buckets, whatever you want to call him, he's the guy that makes things go for Marshall, right? Well, you look at his game, and he had 16 points. Okay. I mean, that's a little under what Johnny Buckets usually gets. It's close, but it's a little under. I mean, Johnny is going to get his points. C.J. Burks is a high man scoring 20 points. But you look at Elmore, and he had three assists. I thought maybe he had more than that. It felt like he had more than that. Because every time that Presbyterian seemed to lock in on Elmore, Elmore found somebody, be it a a lob, an alley-oop pass, Marshall was able to find a way to to really go inside, and I love that. Two points count as well. Three points are great, but two points are higher percentage shots, and they count. Just to illustrate a point, Marshall outscored Presbyterian in the paint 38-26, to and we talked about this time and time again. Marshall, when they win that stat, they usually win the contest. Points off turnovers, Marshall was ahead 15-5 there. Second chance points belonged to Marshall, 6-3. to Fast break points was dead even at 4. The bench had a great game for Marshall. Presbyterian only got 15 off the bench, and Marshall got 28. But here's the numbers that I really look at and go, wow. Marshall for the game, 6 of 16, three-point shooting. Okay, Elmore was 3 of 8. That's a good number. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And here's the thing. Marshall in that first half, 5 of 12 shooting from the three-point line, 41.4. I'm sorry, 41.7. Don't want to shortchange them there. 41.7% from the three-point line. Now, in the second half, 
You're thinking Marshall's just going to go out there, bomb away. They're going to find open shots in the three. They shot five. I'm sorry, let me back that one up. That's because I still can't believe this number. They shot four from the three-point line. Four. They hit one for 25%. So the game, they were six of 16. And only took four three-point shots in the second half. I rubbed my eyes. Maybe I'm not reading this right. And then I grabbed my readers and I put those on. Thinking, again, okay, you know, maybe my vision's gone here. I'm not reading that right. Marshall took exactly four shots in the second half. I'm doing it now, but my readers on. Yep, still the same. Four points. Um, yeah, four shots. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just baffled by that. But yet Marshall in that second half, they were 15 of 28 from the field. For the game, they were 29 of 60. And you just circle that number, one of four. So Marshall can win, not necessarily going from the perimeter. Rebounding for the Thundering Herd. Marshall gets the edge by one, 38-37. Presbyterian had 30 defensive boards, seven offensive. Marshall had 35 defensive boards, three offensive. And I thought across the board, you got some really solid performances. So we mentioned Elmore got his 16 points. He had three assists. I thought he had more. I really did. C.J. Burks had eight assists, 20 points. You look at where the role players were. Jansen Williams had seven. That was a solid performance for him. Uh, Jared West, he's an agitator. So if he has a two-point night, that's not a bad night for him because he's doing other things. Tavion Kenzie had nine. I would like to see more output from him, but nine solid. Rondell Watson, who I love the play because that kid hustles, he had 12 points, and uh, Byers had seven, 83 points. Presbyterian, on the other hand, they ended up shooting 24 of 65. You know where their, their doom came? It's like their shooting percentage started dropping. Again, like that 12-minute mark, 13, 12, 11. Marshall started going up. Marshall was getting higher percentage shots. Presbyterian would just pull up, hit a three. And I don't know if that's going to work for them because Marshall was hustling on the boards. Marshall was getting some really good defensive rebounds. It was as if Presbyterian would come down, get a three shot, no good, Marshall rebound. They shot in that second half. 5 of 19. They were 5 of 14 in the first half, 5 of 19 from the second half. So they were 10 of 33. They shot 33 threes. That is more than Marshall's 16. They hit 10. They didn't, though, I think, realize that Marshall was more than just a John Elmore finesse team. Marshall was physical. You even saw some chippiness out there. I thought that was... Now, you don't want that. But at the same time, it was kind of fun because you realize Presbyterian wanted to be there and playing, and they wanted to win. Those kids did not call it. They weren't tired, bored of this thing, ready for spring break. They wanted to go and win, play the next round. And I think Marshall responded. Marshall wanted to be there. And we've seen tournament runs... 
in this postseason tournament before where those kids just maybe didn't want to be there for whatever reason. These kids, they wanted to be there. And I think that really showed. And then when they jacked up their intensity, they really put Presbyterian away. Because it was close for a long time. And it was a good game. It was a fun game to watch. I'm sure if you had some doubts about this tournament, know this. It's set up for Marshall. Marshall has got a great shot at this. They're in the semifinals. They win that. They're hosting the championship. They're the one seed. you got two more opportunities to come out and see these guys. And I thought that crowd was solid. Again, 3,383, a solid crowd. They were loud. At times I didn't realize it was just 3,000. It kind of felt like maybe four or five, just about. I mean, you can tell with the lower bowl not totally sold out. You can tell, though, that, okay, it's not maybe a 5,000 fan crowd. Maybe it's 4,000. There were some fans up in the upper seats, and it was fun. I don't want to sound like I'm trying to oversell this thing, but I had a fun time. I had a good time. I was working it, and I had a good time. It was fun to watch this game. And it was interesting to see that Presbyterian, maybe they respected Marshall, and they maybe respected John Elmore a little too much. Because every time they were on Elmore, keying in on him, Elmore made them pay. And I like that. I really like the way that those guys showed up and played this thing. So we're going to hear from John Elmore and C.J. Burks a little bit later on, get their thoughts about this. Uh, I want to hear Dan D'Antoni as well. We've got that from last night, his post-game comments. So we'll hear all that, give you a chance to listen to it if you haven't heard it. And I want to remind you, coming up later on as well, we've got baseball action tonight. Marshall's taking on West Virginia. We're going to be live from Charleston. We'll be doing that here in about 30 minutes or so, 30, 35 minutes. So we'll go on the air with that here before the show ends, uh, our normal time. And we've got Marshall Baseball coming up here close to the top of the hour from Charleston. Mountaineers and the Thundering Herd getting back together. Should be a fun one. Steve Cotton's got the call of that one. Looking forward to that. But we'll talk more about this Marshall basketball game in the CIT. They win their quarterfinal game. They get to advance to the semifinals. They'll play on Tuesday. So if you've got nothing better to do, and I don't know what that would be, I can understand it's spring break. You've made travel plans. I get that. You're in Huntington on Tuesday. Get a ticket. I don't know who they're going to play. I'm not even going to try to guess. I can't give you an idea. There's so many teams still in this thing. I don't want to even speculate, but I don't think that matters. These kids are motivated and want to win this thing, and that's the case, especially since they got a little chippy. I mean, you got jaw jacking with the coach. Don't do that, but. It was fun to watch. So I think I've sold this thing enough. I've hoped that I've hyped it a little bit for you because, again, maybe I was down on these things a little bit, but these kids are into it and want to play. I'm, I'm down for it. I'm ready to go. Let's get to the next game. we got more on the way. We're going to hear from Dan D'Antoni when we come back from break. It is The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by Miller Lite at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. As you gathered, the phone lines are open. Again, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We've got baseball coming up close to the top of the hour. Marshall's taking on West Virginia in Charleston. That should be an exciting one. And we've got that game for you coming up right here. Steve Cotton will have all the play-by-play action on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So last night, Marshall gets the victory in the quarterfinals of the CIT and this is just a personal observation. It was kind of funny. We're scoreboard watching last night best we could, and usually Dan comes up to where I'm at. Now, Dan's talking to the student station. Dan's got a he's got a busy schedule. For those of you who maybe don't stick around, Dan will fly back to the media. He'll talk to them, and we're going to hear that here in a minute. Then he'll fly back. And he'll talk to Steve, and then he'll race up to talk to the kids over the student radio station, and I'm scoreboard watching. Somebody's asking me some scores, and I'm talking about it. And Dan, I'm not going to repeat what Dan said, but let's just say he was um, he was tickled to death to be playing in April, and that not too many schools can say they're playing in April right now. And um, he, I don't think he cares the opponent. He's not interested in the opponent. He's just interested in the fact that they've got potentially two more games to play. Definitely one, but a second one on the horizon if they can win on Tuesday in the semifinals of the CIT. But uh, let's talk about last night's game. Marshall, I thought, really, in that second half, lockdown, loss of focus, I thought, for Presbyterian. And Marshall was able just to increase their intensity, cause some of that, some ill-advised shots I thought were being taken by Presbyterian at that point. And uh, let's get Dan's reaction to this victory. Good crowd again. You know, it was, uh, school break and students are gone. And, you know, the public schools are out and people take vacations. And still we're getting them in here to – at a good clip, and I really appreciate that and, and want to thank our, our fans for coming out and being a part of us. They're, they're a big part. Now, sometimes I don't know if they understand just how big a part, extremely big part. So my thanks there. Um, thought we played pretty well, you know, defensively. We, we offensively were scoring, then we'd have lapses on the defensive end. And uh, we've got to, uh, that's the thing I stressed in the locker room afterwards. This is one and done, fellas. You don't give ground. You can't have a technical because you want to say something back, or you can't start getting a little fuss out there. And next thing you know, you got one of your teammates calming you down, and, and he doesn't see the clock, and we don't get a last possession. You can't make those mistakes. You can't get soft on the big fella when we knew he could shoot. So those are things, those are things we got to get better. And I think we will. And they just have to understand one and done's, you can't have mistakes. You got to play. And I was proud of them. Second half, I thought we clamped down from a less seven minutes on down. And, uh, you know, we got the usual good stuff out of our better players. And uh, uh, just want to keep advancing on it and keep moving forward. 
Oh, by the way, that's the second win in the postseason. Goes back to 1967. I don't know who was playing on that squad, but I heard he got a great point guard. <laughs> but uh, I want to thank these guys for giving me a good run. And uh, one more, they can. I'll quit talking, and they get they get to hold the mantle, the whole mantle. So hopefully that that'll work. How important was it during the first half that they kept getting within one, getting with one, getting with one, but y'all scored every other time to hold them off, you know, to keep them from yeah, We were we were scoring well defensively. We had lapses, and you just can't do that when you're playing one and dones to win a championship. And and we've got to make sure they stay in tune, that they're alive, and that when we when we wanted to lock them down, now we locked them down, and we just can't you can't pull your foot off the accelerator. They didn't shoot the ball well. That shows you we play good defense because that's a good shooting ball club. A little chippy. Huh? A little chippy out there. Yeah, I did. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened to Jansen. And, and, and I told him, I said, it doesn't matter what they say. You can't react. You're not going to win that battle and we're going to lose two points. But, you know, young men are young men. I, I can't say I didn't do it in my day. But at the same time, Seemed like they got their attention a little bit there too. Yeah, you mean from me or from the? Uh, well, I think I got the a little player, chippy the players, myself. The, the players, the players. Uh, the players got chippy. I got a little chippy, but that—that's what—that's what makes this fun. You know, if you don't hurt when you lose and you don't get excited when you win, you don't get chippy during the competition. Then, you know, that's what gets your blood flowing, I, and I need every bit of it. So, you know, I'm proud of the young men that. Uh, they got us this far. We got two more. We got a big one. That third one's a big one. Get in the championship game. See if we can win this postseason tournament, which I, I, I'm pretty sure is the first ever postseason tournament we've won here at Marshall. And, and that's a, that's a good goal for us. I hope we'll stay focused. We'll take a few days off, and then uh, come back. We'll have three good practices and see if we can't finish this season up uh, on a high note. Dan D'Antoni talking to the media yesterday. And I'll tell you this. I think he's awful excited about where Marshall's heading. Winning this tournament is a strong possibility. But I think he forgot that Marshall has been to a couple of different tournaments and actually won one. 1947, Marshall did win the NAIA National Championship. They won five games in that NAIA tournament in 1947. He is right about one thing. The last time they won two games in a row in a postseason tournament, uh, some D'Antoni guy was um, was playing, I think, uh, 1967, where they played Villanova and won, and they played Nebraska and won, they lost to Marquette in the semifinals of the NIT in 1967, and then they lost in the third-place game to Rutgers. But as far as the Thundering Herd's recent success, they won a game in the NCAA tournament under Coach D'Antoni. That hasn't happened ever. They also have advanced now to the semifinals of this CIT and they couldn't get out of the quarterfinals in 2010. They couldn't even get past Ohio in the first round in 2011. Now, I still don't know. Have I really don't have a clue 
when it comes to the opponent. I don't know where this is going to go. Here are your options. Now, the quarterfinals are going to continue tonight. I'm sorry, Thursday and Friday. They're going to continue on Thursday with Hampton taking on NJIT. And then they're going to also feature Texas Southern and UL Monroe. So there's four possible opponents in the semifinal. And then on Friday, CSU Bakersfield taking on Green Bay. Marshall's already slated to be in the semifinal, 7 p.m., and then the championships on April 4th if Marshall gets past the opponent. But you could see a Hampton-Marshall matchup. You could see a, a NJIT-Marshall matchup. You could see a Texas Southern matchup with Marshall. You could see a UL Monroe matchup with Marshall. You could see a CSU Bakersfield versus Green Bay matchup. I mean, there's some possibilities there. I don't know if they're going to try to maybe keep some geography here, some integrity. But I don't know how much geography is going to matter. You look at this Presbyterian team, their first round match, well, they went to Seattle. There's no geography there. There's no integrity there. So we'll find out. We'll have a better idea where this thing's going after that Friday game with CSU Bakersfield taking on Green Bay. I'm trying to think in my head, which one of these opponents do I actually want to see first? Which one? Matchup, potential, just to be interesting to see? I don't know. Maybe maybe Hampton? That'd be cool. Texas Southern cool. could be fun. Um, I don't think it would be CSU Bakersfield. I don't know. Again, I don't, they're going to they're gonna have to seed this thing. And... You'll find out here in a few days. The good news is, though, you've got plenty of time. you got almost a week now to decide if you're going. I hope you do show up. I really do. It was a great atmosphere last night, and I think these kids appreciate it. I could tell. They're there to play. This group is there. They appreciate it. They want to play. They want to go out there and win this thing. You showing up, I think, has really helped. Because if nobody would have showed up for this thing, I don't know what would have happened. There would have been no energy in the building. There was energy in the building, and that was a good thing. Uh, We'll hear from John Elmore, C.J. Burks. We've got their comments when we continue. Uh, We're getting closer to baseball. Marshall's taking on West Virginia, and we've got it all right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by Miller Lite at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer, Paul Swan. Gabriel Sellers, our producer this afternoon. We've got Marshall Baseball coming up. Taking on the Mountaineers, that's going to be coming up close to the top of the hour. We'll have that here for you. And also we'll have Marshall's matchup with the Mountaineers when they travel to Morgantown later on this year. So we've got both matchups, and you can hear them exclusively on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So last night Marshall gets the victory over Presbyterian. John Elmore, C.J. Burks get to add to their totals. Those guys are moving up the charts. And you look at what Elmore was able to do. I thought – 16 points, maybe not his highest point total, but he was doing so many other things to make sure this team was in a position to win. C.J. Burks was just off again, 20 points. I mean, he just went off. He looks solid out there. Both those guys had a great game. And uh, here's their reaction to the victory as they addressed the media last night. Got a little, a little intense out there, especially in the late first half, early second half. Yeah, got a little chippy. Um, they were talking a little bit. We started talking. Um, but it was fun. It's basketball. It's competitive. I'm glad we won. So we get to talk a little more than they did, or they can. But uh, it was a good win. I thought we had great energy. Uh, defensively, we really locked down the second half and kind of limited them and took them out of what they wanted to do. But uh, just a great team win, and on to the next one. CJ, it seemed like you had, to, you had to feel right off the bat tonight. I mean, obviously. You know, you know, only scored yeah, eight assists, so complete game tonight. Right, right, right. Uh, well, our, my teammates and you know my coaching staff, you know, they just talked to me, just talked to everybody, just about coming out with more intensity, just coming right out the gate, don't come out flat-footed. So once we, it was everybody, you know, we all clicking, everybody's on the same page and knows what type of intensity we have. Just everybody comes out clicking. So first half, you know, just come out strong, and then that's just what, what gets us going. John, I don't know how many, how many lobs you had for dunks. Was, was, what were they doing defensively that opened that up? <coughs> uh, it's just the read. It's what we practice every day. Uh, they, they were kind of flat showing a little bit where the man uh, kind of fakes at the guard and then tries to like kind of play both. Um, and we were making their big man commit to the guard and stop the drive. Uh, so our guards did a really good job of getting in the lane and putting pressure on them. So essentially we were playing two-on-one a lot with their big and uh, where we've got shooters on the backside, if you help off to collapse down on the roll man, then we hit, kick it out and shoot three. So uh, we kind of just put them in a really bad position and take advantage of whatever look they're showing us, whether that's the lob, pocket pass, or skip pass to shooters. So uh, that's just our system. We've gotten pretty good at running it. So uh, hopefully we can just keep that up and keep executing like that. Mark says you had three assists. I think you had. <laughs> We're going to have to talk to uh, whoever statted this, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I felt like I had a few, but um, great team win. Uh, we moved the ball well. The ball didn't get stagnant, and we were able to get a lot of open open things. It came down to defense at the end, right? No, we were um, – I thought we anticipated really well, uh, played good, good one-on-one defense. They tried to go small on us, and uh, – 
it's hard to go small on us because we're small anyways. So um, that kind of played into our hands, and we just uh, locked in defensively. We communicated really well on switches and jumped a lot of passing lanes. So uh, anytime we play with energy like that and focus, uh, I think we're pretty good on defense. Do you all like this playing one, one game a week, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday? <laughs> Uh, it's kind of um, kind of long. Um, I mean, I'd like to play every day. That's just the way our mentality is. We want to play tomorrow, lay some back up again. But um, it comes down to focus. We've got a veteran team with some younger guys, so you just got to mentally prepare. We'll have a couple off days, and then we'll have a few days of practice. So it's just a matter of staying in the gym, staying focused, and getting ready for the next one when your opportunity is called. CJ, does it get a little fun sometimes when it gets a bit chippy out there? Oh, yeah, it's fun for sure. Uh, the games are like that, you know. It's very fun, Chippy, you know. Um, it gets everybody engaged, and, you know, it just puts everybody on, like, a higher pedestal, you know. So uh, games like that, you know, they're fun, you know. So good competition, you know, get, that lets you know that both teams is fully engaged and not backing down. So it was fun. <coughs> chippy is fun. Chippy is fun. Don't get too chippy, though, but Chippy is fun. I like that intensity last night. These kids, again, focused in, wanted to be there. Both teams wanted to be there. That's what made this one fun last night. And you got a good game for it. The next game, I think you're going to get down to this point where you're in the semifinals. You've got four teams. They want to win this thing. They've gotten this far. They want to win this thing. So I look for a close, intense matchup the next time. I think it's going to be a really fun game. Next Tuesday, 7 o'clock, Henderson Center. If you can't make it, we have the game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. But I think it'll be more fun if you're in person. Take your radio with you. But it'll be fun if you show up at the Henderson Center because that was a good game last night. I wasn't expecting. I knew there would be a game where they shot a lot of threes, and we would see that. But it was close for a while. It was never to a point where I was concerned, to be honest. And you could say, hey, it was kind of close for a while. I was concerned. You can say that. I get that. But I was never at a point where I felt like, okay, Marshall's not going to be able to eventually just kick it to another notch, put it away, and be done. And it felt like that happened in the second half. At one point, they just kicked it up another notch, decided it was going to be done, took advantage of them. They've seen everything they needed to see, knew how to handle it kicked up their intensity, and they did it without jacking up three-pointers. Again, that's a crazy number. One of four from the three-point line the second half. That's not Marshall basketball. One of four from the three-point line, and they're winning, and they're winning pretty well. And they were they were pretty good that first half. I mean, they, they hit 41.7. That was not bad. They only hit 25% that second half. One of four, yeah. But for the game, 6 of 16. And they won that game. And they outscored them in that second half, 44-34. And they got their points in the paint. And, yeah, I'm with Elmore. I would talk to the stat crew and say, hey, um, are you sure I only got three assists? Really, are you sure? Did you watch the game I was in? Did you see those lobs for dunks? Did you see that? I would go back and ask that game to be restatted. I don't know if you could do that if a player would request that, but I kind of get a feeling he had more than three assists. CJ had eight. Maybe they fl- they flipped them. Maybe they accidentally put all the assists in CJ's category. I mean, he had some good looks as well. So when we come back from break, I've got some viewing data I want to share with you. 
I've got the viewing information from the All Bets Are On 60 Minutes episode, the one with Mike Hamrick. It's pretty good. We'll talk about it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up, Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
Welcome back to the Wednesday, March 27th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We've got baseball coming up in a few short minutes. The Herd in Charleston are taking on the Mountaineers. Should be a fun one. We've got that game for you. But before I go, we've got some interesting numbers today. Now, the uh, the czar of all numbers, uh, Chuck McGill, uh, shared these with me over at Marshall, and they're very fascinating. Now, the numbers I'm talking about here are in relation to the 60 Minutes piece and the whole episode that aired on Sunday called All Bets Are On. This was the episode that featured a lot of Marshall University, Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hamrick, someone who's had experience as being an athletic director at an institution where he's in a state where gambling's allowed. So he had to be very aware and very on top of everything. And so that episode that aired, a lot of people stuck around to watch it. Now you're thinking basketball and 60 Minutes maybe don't necessarily relate, right? Well, this was a basketball piece. This was actually a, a more of a, a sports piece, a gambling piece. And the whole episode attracted a total of 11.21 million viewers. That's how many people watched that episode of 60 Minutes which is the highest of 2019, and it is the most since the December 16th episode on opioids. The only thing that had more people watching was the NCAA tournament. That's it. People were watching the NCAA tournament and then 60 minutes. Everything else didn't even come close. Now, the show started at 7.41 p.m. That made 60 minutes the most watched show on television from 7.30 to 8.30. So nothing else on got more viewers. The rest of the top five most watched shows on Sunday. The show God Friended Me was third, so it got a good lead in. NCIS Los Angeles was fourth. Is that show still on the air? There's like, what, 15 NCISs. It's, uh, it's like law and order for CBS. And American Idol was fifth. None of those shows reached 8 million viewers. So a lot of people stuck around and tuned in to 60 Minutes. So the NCAA tournament was a great lead-in for this, and I thought it was a well-done piece. If you haven't caught it yet, I think it's online somewhere uh, in the CBS uh, vault somewhere. But if you haven't watched this piece, I do suggest you watch it. My feelings on it, I pretty much am in agreement. As a media member... We need things to talk about. When you try to produce content, offer opinions, you'd like to have as much information as you possibly can. Now, one thing that comes up all the time are injury reports, and that's just one facet of this piece. And there's so much more we can talk about, we just don't have enough time. But injury reports are a big deal to a lot of people. Why? Because if you're a gambler, you're kind of gauging, okay, for example, If Zion Williams isn't playing and Duke's got North Carolina on the schedule, you're a better, you're probably leaning towards North Carolina. Now, if you kind of know ahead of time Zion's not playing because I got the inside scoop that he's got an injury, it's not going to limit his time, I'm going to take North Carolina. People are trying to game the system. It's gambling. You're trying to game the system. You're trying to get an advantage because you're gambling. You're betting on this game. And so 
I really appreciate Mike Hamrick just coming out and just saying, look, here's our stance. We tell our, our medical staff, we tell those folks, no, don't talk about it. Don't do it. Because there are people, and you think, oh, it's not going to happen at Marshall. Yeah, it's going to happen everywhere. There are people looking for an advantage, and that's just one facet. So when we don't get medical reports, we ask about an injury. Doc's basically, if he talks about it, it's it's fair game, say, for football. But if these coaches don't talk about it, it's not fair game for anybody. It's a bad look if we're snooping around looking for medical information, trying to determine if a kid's not going to play or why he's not playing. If the university releases it, they feel that they can release it. But that was just one thing I thought was interesting. Again, that's a, that's a small microchasm of what this piece was about. Uh, I really like the fact that Marshall has gone one step further. I don't know if other institutions are doing it, but uh, all institutions um, that offer gambling in West Virginia, they've got a list of everyone who's employed in whatever capacity at Marshall University for athletics, anybody that should not be betting, student-athletes, support staff, anybody that's involved, well, they're on file. I don't know how that information gets used, but I can go place a bet if I wanted to. I work in the media. I'm not going to, not my thing, but I could go place a bet if I wanted to. It's a different story if you are a member of the athletic staff. You just can't go and do that. And with that said, we're out of time. I'd love to get more into that, but today uh, we are stepping aside because we got Marshall baseball coming up. Steve Cotton, the voice of the herd, going to be calling today's action between Marshall and West Virginia. He is at Appalachian Power Park. We're going to go to that next. For our producer, Gabriel Sellards, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We will be back on Friday, opening day tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Afternoon baseball, Reds, Pirates, I'm looking forward to that. I'll be back on Friday. We've got basketball action as well as uh, March Madness continues going well into April. For our producer, Gabriel, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. This has been The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.